Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. All right, Wolf, this feels like a good day to do a Suns three-pointer. You ready? Yeah, I am ready. Today's topic may sound... It seems, it feels a little familiar because I, I feel like we have had a lot of these discussions about three weeks ago. Yeah. And yet here we are again. Does it have anything to do with KD? It does. Okay, I see. It's, um, I don't know that we actually did this three weeks ago, but if we did, we could just replay it. Uh, three, the three biggest things we're looking forward to in Kevin Durant's return. <laughs> it can be forward to, it can be what you're watching for, anything. Just three three things that you want to see or you're looking for tonight in KD's return. Sounds okay? good. All right, you ready? Showtime! Suns. Three-pointer with Wolf and Luke. Okay, it is time. Are you going first or you want me to go first? You go first. It is time for number one. And that number one is going to happen right now. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, it's Friday, but it's not. It's Wednesday. Uh, All right, so number one for me, uh, Wolf, I'm looking to see. I'll just get it out of the way. I'm looking to see Kevin Durant on the floor when the game starts. How's that? Okay, not not in warm-ups, not, uh, you know, anything. that When when the ball is thrown up in the air and the Suns are playing the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight, I'm looking to see Kevin Durant out there in uniform. Okay, is that it right there, Yes, that's the most important one, so I had to get it out of the way. Okay, Basinonians, my first point of Suns three-pointers got to be scoring. They averaged 120 points in the three games KD played. Although only he only scored 23 points and 20 points in the first two games, respectively. He lit Dallas up for 37 points. He great. lit them up. It was almost worth the trade just for that. But it, it wasn't just about KD, of course. The whole team played well and scored the ball well, Basin Onions. And that's my first point of Sun's three-pointer. Back 14 footer is two points. Dynamite. Okay, similar to that, but not exactly the same. I want to see how much Kevin Durant, just his presence out there, opens things up for other guys, but specifically Devin Booker, against a good team. Minnesota's a good team. Minnesota's not going to win the title, but they're a good team. They are better than Charlotte. They are better than Chicago. I would argue they're better than Dallas. So they are better than any team that the Suns have played with Kevin Durant so far. They can throw some different looks at you. So I just want to see how much things open up specifically for Devin Booker, but really for everybody just simply by having Kevin Durant out there. Yeah, I like that look. That's good right there. Um, I'm going to go in a different direction right now. My second point of Suns three-pointer, the impact on D.A. D.A. wanders from time to time and has a hard time being consistent, as we all know, quarter to quarter, let alone game to game. But I think KD will continue to have a positive impact on him, a big brother impact that will even out D.A.'s play. This may be wishful thinking, and I'm starting to believe that it probably is, but I'll be watching to see if KD has that impact on D.A.'s awareness and his effort, and that is my second point of Suns three-pointer. Three-pointer, Shazam! That's just showing off right there. Right. 
All right, my third point of Suns three-pointer. The biggest things we're looking for in, in KD's return and his home debut tonight. It's a little peripheral to what's going on on the floor. I will grant you that. I get it. We just took some calls a couple segments ago. People are like, all right, kind of holding my breath here until this game starts tonight. Uh, and I understand that. But my third thing I'm looking for is how much of a frenzy does this home crowd get whipped into tonight as this game goes on and KD puts up, you know, 20 points, 20 plus points. Wow. If this ends up being a really good game, uh, just competitively between the Suns and, and the Timberwolves and KD's at the center of it. I would argue that this crowd's going to be maybe not playoff level, but like as crazy as you're ever going to see for a regular season game. So Katie's been here seven weeks. <laughs> this is a, well, he was he was traded for seven weeks ago okay. tonight. Well, you know, okay, they've had his rights for seven weeks. Yes, and um, he still has yet to play a home game. So your point is well taken. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, my third point of Suns three pointers got to be the rotations that are used, especially at the end of the game. That's what I'm going to be looking for. Which players are out on the floor and which are not? Uh, I think we all know which four will be out there, barring any type of foul trouble, of course. But who might be the fifth player on the floor? You know, we know it will depend on the situation as well, but that criteria is going to dictate the personnel that Monty's going to use. The evidence to that end begins tonight, in tonight's game. And that's what's so fascinating about tonight's game, the rotations. Who's out there, especially in the end game scenario? And that's point number three of my son's three-pointer. See the shots that I took, wet like a book. All right, that was Suns three-pointer heading into this one tonight. Seven games left in the season for the regular season for the Phoenix Suns. And you would imagine the Timberwolves are making the playoffs as well. When we come back, we'll flip over to football for the uh, probably the final time today's show. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, though, we still have stuff that he talked about yesterday that we haven't had a chance to react to. And we'll focus on... Not just the offense, maybe the offensive line in particular, what that does. Talk about the quarterbacks earlier. What's this, this team? How close are they to, to having their offensive line set up? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show. Wolf, I'm going to ask you a question I already know the answer to. How do you feel about talking some football? Okay. Um, I feel really good. All right. <laughs> I'll drag you into it. Let's brawl. Uh, this is just, it, it's it's part of the, the Cardinals offseason. <laughs> it it kind of hasn't gotten talked about a ton, and yet at the same time, it's really the only position that, it, I shouldn't say the only position, it's the position they have focused the most attention on, and that is their offensive line. And Jonathan Gannon spoke about this yesterday at the owners meeting. I like where we're at right now. I added some pieces, you know, got Beach back, and then Humphreys is doing excellent, and uh, Will was a huge signing for us. I've always thought very highly of Will. And, um, you know, adding Dennis and uh, uh, Froholt, that's, that's, it's looking, shaping up pretty good. Um, um, and we'll continue to add the look to add competition to that room like every room. 
What do yeah. you think of the O line right now? Yeah, well, you know, I wish I knew who the center was. Yeah, I was right going to say, you know, <laughs> right now Froholt's the only guy listed, but I don't. I, he's not going to be the starting center, is he? I, I don't know. I have no idea. And again, that is the question that I have going forward. I, I do believe that Dennis Daly can be a guy that he's a much better guard than he is tackle. He's playing out of position, I think, by being a tackle. I know he's taller than most people like. In terms of being a guard, you want a guy that's 6'3", 6'4", somewhere in that vicinity who comes off the ball. He's 6'6", Dennis Daly. He is. So he's a little high for a lot of people um, in regard to the height of a guard. But I think that is his natural position. I, I think that is where he belongs. He needs to be playing guard. And even then, the Cardinals didn't bring him in to be the starter. They're going to let him come Pete to be that left guard. That's going to be open for competition, as is the center, and that is the question that I have. Yeah, and Jonathan Gannon did talk specifically about the center position. We got a few guys that can play center that have played center, um, and then we'll look to possibly add in free agency in the draft. So uh, that's a, that's the one thing about adding people with with multiple skill sets uh, that that can play different positions. You're not, you know, well, we need a center. We don't really need. A center right now because guys have done it before and can play that spot so uh gives you flexibility as you move forward in the offseason with how you want to add pieces yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> yes i mean you're right i'm, I'm not going to question them like you you have guys that can play it but why cut corners you know what i mean like Yo. if there are better players that can play it <laughs> go out and get them i i i find myself wondering if they might not be addressing the offensive line with their first, with their only, I guess, second round pick. Yeah, Doesn't you know, that kind of make sense? Yeah, that's the, it does make sense. It could be a possibility. But even then, Luke, you're talking about a young guy. Yeah, you're starting. talking about a rookie. Yeah. You're talking about a rookie going out there and starting. And that's going to be a tough situation. I know you've got a guy like Will Hernandez, who is a grizzled veteran, a guy that has been around. He's at his prime as, as right guard. He could help out any center, of course, in terms of making some of the calls. But, you know, I love the physicality right now. As it stands with the offensive line. You go back and you look at Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez was the best offensive lineman the Arizona Cardinals had through the first nine games. When you talk about consistency and value consistency, do you think that's important for an offensive lineman that he's consistent? <laughs> it's, it's important for everybody, but especially an offensive lineman. For him to be consistent, and Will Hernandez, to me, forget about the pro football focus grades that are out there. They're a joke. They are. Forget about that. They don't know what they're doing. Who in the world? You know the scheme of the Arizona Cardinals. You, you know what he's being told to do, and therefore you're going to grade him. Just knock it off. Okay, you're saying specifically with the offensive line. Specifically with the be, offensive and, and line. And when you say they don't know what they're doing, you mean Pro Football Focus doesn't know what the offensive lineman is supposed exactly to be doing. Exactly right. Yeah, Specifically, okay. what his coach is telling him. His coach may have given him a plus, and you're going to give him a minus on that. Whatever it is, I, I maybe he got hung out to dry by the guy that lined up next to him. 
you know, in your uh, offensive line is, is pretty consistently regarded as the spot on the field that you can't pro football focus or anybody oh, really can't measure. You you talk to some of the players and the players just lose their mind about yeah. it. They really do. You got to be kidding me. Um, but having said that, once again, I, I know Will Hernandez is a physical football player. So is Calvin Beecham. They're more physical than they are technique. They're more physical than they are athletic. They're brawlers for the most part. That's what they do. Do they get beat? Everyone gets beat. Everyone gets beat from time to time. Of course. But it's being consistent for the most part, again, that you want to see. And those two guys were very, very consistent. Uh, DJ Humphreys, you know the way I feel about DJ Humphreys. He's not a problem over at left tackle. To me, it's your center. Who's going to be your center going forward. So, And that's a big question. Because I'm with you, you got Humphreys. Will Hernandez, I'm happy that he's back. I don't know that anybody's as happy that he's back as you are, but I am happy that he's back. And I wasn't sure, honestly, because... You know, he came over here, and Sean Coogler was his college coach. Like, he had that connection, so I wasn't sure if he was going to stay here now after, but but he's here. So you could certainly convince me you go DJ Humphreys and then Will Hernandez and Kelvin Beecham on the right side. But that still, to me, looks like you have a left guard and a center spot open, the starting spots. And so that's the only reason when Jonathan Gannon says that, I'm like, yeah, I, I know you have NFL players you can plug in there, but when when does it switch from, yeah, we have guys that can do this too, we want, you know, we're... we're those guys could be your depth, and that would Yo. be great depth. Yo. Like the Diamondbacks, if Zach Gallen retired, well, they have other guys that could pitch as their number one starter. But isn't it better to have a number one starter in that spot? Yeah, no, there's there's no denying that. I'm not going to argue with anything you're saying right now. Um, we're getting used to Jonathan Gannon. We're getting used to how he speaks and what he speaks about and the way he frames th- uh, things up right now. But for me, that is my biggest concern. It is the interior of the offensive line, and that's very, very important. And the reason being is because of Kyler Murray. At some point in time, Kyler Murray is going to come back, and he is going to be your quarterback. And I think it's going to be sooner as opposed to later. This is the thing that is encouraging me as well, is the fact that they went out and they, they've got Colt McCoy coming back and he's going to be their starter in the first few games, assuming that Kyla Murray misses those few games or more. I would assume he at least misses two. Two, That's and that's what I'm thinking right now. He could, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's fine. He rehabs that thing, and his rehab, by the way, is going very, very well, and the, the evidence of that is the fact that they didn't sign anybody at quarterback, but David Blau. They brought him back as their third-string quarterback, knowing Colt McCoy was going to be the backup. That's that's the good news of today, as far as I'm concerned. The news came out on ArizonaSports.com as well, talking about Kyler Murray and his rehab going well. Yeah, it's the best news you could have if you're the Cardinals, because it not only is, is he your most talented quarterback, and that's the most important position on the field, but it also at some point, would be nice to have a little clarity about what direction you're supposed to go. Because you're right, when I, when I respond to Jonathan Gannon saying what he said, that might just be the way he's talking. And it's not even really so much to Gannon, it's just sort of the offseason after last offseason has been pretty slow for the Cardinals. I don't think there's yes. any way to deny that. 
Uh, and last year, it, it turned out to be a mistake. This year, I, I get it. I get it. You don't know who your quarterback is, and you don't know when your quarterback's coming back. So if if you're looking at ArizonaSports.com and there's a story that says, hey, the rehab's going well, that's the first step, really, to all this. The problem is, for the Cardinals, you have to take the other steps, because the league's not going to put the draft on hold. They're not going to yes. put free agency on hold. But your most important domino is still an unknown. Yeah, and you, you know, Luke, I, I feel the Arizona Cardinals are in a rebuild. I feel they are rebuilding right now. I don't know how you couldn't look at the evidence and say anything otherwise. But for me, it doesn't mean just because you rebuild, it doesn't mean you can't win. Isn't that right, Brian Dable? Isn't that right, New York Giants? It doesn't mean you can't win. Um, I, I think about it. L- listen to this right here. The Giants in 2017, they were 3-13. 2018, 5-11. 2019, 4 and 6-10. 2020, 6-10. 2021, 4-13. 2022, 9-7-1. <laughs> Last year, they, Brian Dable took over. You, you can rebuild. And the great thing is the Cardinals aren't re it's not a total rebuild because they got their franchise quarterback. Daniel Jones was the New York Giants franchise quarterback. Brian Dable turned him into that guy. Yeah, and he made him a lot of money. And and the important thing that I know most people know when you're reading that list, but just again for perspective. It's not like cuz you just read off what 6 years there. Yeah. So you could make the case the Giants were rebuilding for 6 years. Right. But they were rebuilding for half a year with Brian Dable. Right. Once he got in there, everything flipped. He he took Daniel Jones and turned him into everything Dave Gettleman thought he was going to be when he drafted him. Amazing. I will. Um. I'll take. I'll just go ahead and sign up right now for the the season the Giants had last year for the Cardinals this upcoming year. Can we just do that? Nine seven and one make the playoffs. They won a playoff game too, didn't they? Totally. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> let's let's just take that right now. Uh, Texas, your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back, the Coyotes winding down their season, and Clayton Keller is having a historic season, at least within the confines of Coyotes history. Their head coach Andre Turney is going to join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Totally. <laughs> Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. All right, the uh, Coyotes are actually off tonight, Wolf. They just played five games in seven days. You'd imagine they might be off for a couple nights. I honestly cannot even imagine that, playing five games in seven days. When you're talking about the NHL base, are you kidding me? I Hockey is, I, I think it's still, I've talked about this many, many times, but I believe it. I think hockey is still... A sport where the prerequisite to playing it well is you have to be tough. You have to be tough. You have to be resilient if you want to play that sport well. You want to play the game well. And, you know, um, five games and seven nights, I can't even imagine. How about this, too? It wasn't just five days and seven nights, but... (laughs) Played McDavid twice in there and the defending Stanley Cup champions twice in there, too. Yeah, and, you know, listen, they've lost five in a row as well. Yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, that's just the way that it goes. 
Um, so we are waiting to hear from Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. He joins us every week at this time, and when we talk to him, uh, we can get into the final seven games left for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. In fact, he's uh, calling in right now. How about this? Here's the other oddity of the schedule, Wolf. They have played 75 games. They have three games against Seattle, and they still haven't played them yet. <laughs> so three of their last five games are the three games against wow, Seattle this season. That's so weird. All right, joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes, Andre Turney. Bear, we were just talking about what the schedule has been like lately for you guys. Thank you for the time. Are you enjoying just actually having a couple nights off this week? Absolutely. We had a, a good practice today. The ambience was good. The, the boys had a lot of energy, so that was good. To, uh, there's a big difference between having a practice day and a the game day where yeah, the emotion and the, the pressure and the focus has to be 100%. So that was good. Bear, how do you play five games in seven nights? <laughs> this is the NHL we're talking about, huh? Yeah, exactly. That, that has got to be so cities. hard. <laughs> oh, what's up? It, it was really hard. It was uh, really demanding. Uh, I think the boys are... They did a great, really good job, honestly. And and it's not just we play that kind of opponent. We play in the, on the road and against uh, two times Colorado, two times Edmonton. Uh, we play Winnipeg. Uh, it was a tough schedule, a really tough opponent. Uh, we're talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Tourney. Bear, the last one of those games, end up losing by one to Edmonton. Um, look, nobody shuts down Connor McDavid, but he didn't do as much as he normally does. Did you like how your team played against him specifically? Uh, absolutely, and I, I was uh, borderline impressed because you know what? He had three points in two games against us, but two are in the power play and one is a three-on-three overtime. So he did not have any point at five-on-five. So I give a lot of credit to everybody who had to play against him. And uh, we uh, we did a really good job, I think, to get above him and make it as tough as possible. I always say those guys are really tough to contain. But he took advantage of the power play, which he's a good player, and that's the way it is. But... Uh, that's five on five. We did a pretty good job against them. So, Bear, I, you know, again, as a coach, and you're looking at a team that has played five games in seven nights, do you back off of them a little bit? Do you, do you take it easy on the guys? Do you find yourself not evaluating them as critically because of five games in seven nights as a coach? But you, you, you understand some mental fatigue, but at the same time, we'll feel you need to be able to battle through because it's not the it's not the last time, and you know the next time might be in a game where we need to win to make the playoff, or it might be in the playoff, or it might be a very very important game for us, and you cannot use excuses. And it's just it's just the job we have to do. It's just the the league we are in. So uh, every team play eighty two game in the same number of days. So everybody has a stretch where. You can sit with every coach or every player in that league and talk about certain stretch of their season where you said the schedule was crazy. It's just the way it is. So if you're if you play pro sports, any sports, if you look for excuses, you're at the wrong place. Yeah. You need to find solution. You need to find a way. It doesn't make it easy, but it's not supposed to be easy. You need to find a way to keep winning. Yep. Yeah. 
We're talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. Uh, coach, you said something the other day before one of the games about how you want to make the other team play their best players a lot of minutes, and that certainly happened. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon played a ton. Connor McDavid played. Uh, he yeah. led all forwards. Uh, obviously, your guys bought into that then. Absolutely. Honestly, I'm really happy about the way we play McKinnon. We play uh, McKinnon and uh, McDavid. And, you know, we we battle hard and that will help our young team moving forward because like I just mentioned, one day we will play that game where uh, we need to win and we will have been there before and we'll know how to play against those special players. So uh, that's money in the bank for us. Bear, would you call Barrett Hayton's season a breakout season for him this year? I would agree with that. I think he has uh, he, he learned a lot. He, in two years, his growth is unbelievable. Uh, I think his commitment last year, his effort, uh, I mentioned a lot, he was playing against the best and was playing on every heavy and tough situation, these on face-off against the elite player in the league and all of it. And I said it was a learning curve for him and, you know, play different position on the power plays, used to play the flank, now I was playing that front. And all, all those things, learning playing key minutes on the PK. He did that last year, and he arrived this year, and he put a lot of pressure on himself and did not translate really well in the first half. But he learned from it, mm-hmm. and he bounced back in the second half, and he, he has a kind of season. So if you look at all the, those segments in the last two years, how much he learned and how much he got better, there's a lot to be proud of. Bear, another guy that's, that's been breaking out this year, he's officially a rookie, uh, Matias Michelli. We talked to you about him earlier, and you said, you know, yeah, I want him to shoot more. And I, I've heard his teammates tell him to shoot more, and he said he needs to shoot more. He's got five goals in his last eight games, so he is shooting more. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. And, you know, he, he's such a great guy. He's fun to coach, and he works hard. And, you know, the other thing was was – True is for probably seventy five percent of his shifts on the last four games was against either McDavid or uh, McKinnon, Oof. and he's in the plus. So that that that's a positive for him. You know, he he scored three goals in the last two games, and he played against those high empire play really good defensively and offensively. So uh, he made he is making stride, and he's a really good ass, a really good player for us. So, Barry, you got seven games left. What do you think can be accomplished? What can you do with this team, and what can be accomplished in those seven games? Well, for us, it's to maintaining. You know, I think we uh, we looked at, since the, the trade deadline. We we play really good hockey. We looked since, since the 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 All Star break. We're playing really good hockey. But if, if if you finish the last seven and you don't finish on the right note. Uh, plus all its flavor, you know. We need to. We want to finish strong. Finish by keeping competing like we do. Playing fast, playing with pace, playing with a lot of pride, and with and without the point. And uh, going in our off season uh, with a with a good taste in our mouth. But uh, all all depend on how we will finish the season, you know. Because every team as well has a good stretch in the season. Yeah. Well, Andre, we. How long can you maintain? And when you have a slump, how long is your slump? So we want to maintain as long as possible. Coach, we appreciate your time as always. I know you got a couple days off here, but then uh, still seven games in about two weeks. So good luck the rest of the way, all right? 
Thank you, guys. Have Take a good care, one. All right, you too. That's Coyote head coach Andre Turney joining us right there as he does each and every Wednesday on the Arizona Sports Line. Yeah, they're, they're scheduled. 20 of the first 24 on the road. Got through that. But then Man. they jammed a bunch of games together in the second half of the season because they weren't traveling. And the start of the year, they kind of spread the games out. And now... <laughs> Three of the last seven games are against Seattle. They haven't even played Seattle yet. Just can't even believe that. Five games and seven nights in the NHL. Are you kidding me? Against two of the maybe the two toughest teams to play against, just in terms to of me. I don't even care who it is, though, because yeah. of the physicality. Well, yeah, I'm not just talking about you know who won. Who I'm talking about the physicality of it. You got to be kidding. You've got to love the fact. I mean, the Coyotes, you specifically, the Coyotes are so much more physical now than they were three years no ago. No doubt. Like, infinitely more physical now than they were a few years Especially ago. Especially Bear, too, just knowing him and the coach that he is right now. I love this yeah. for him. Well, and Bill Armstrong obviously made that a point of emphasis, and he has carried through because they have they have quite a few guys that can stand up for each other now. All right, we come back. Final segment of the show. First of all, I want to tell you, it's your last shot to participate in the madness, and by texting Bucks to 620-620, you can do so. You will choose from the last four teams for your chance to win 250 bucks. so text Bucks to 620-620 620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Kevin Durant's home debut is tonight. We'll come back with some final thoughts on that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. All right, final segment of the show here on this Wednesday afternoon. That buzz is starting to kind of hang in the air, isn't it? I mean, buzz I, over KD. Yeah, right? yeah. I know we all went through this a couple weeks ago, but like, this yeah. is pretty cool. It does. It, it kind of feels like Groundhog Day. It does. We talked Definitely about this all like show, based on means. The reason being is this kind of feels like the third debut of KD. Yeah. You know, the first game that he played in, it was on the road, of course, uh, Charlotte, right? Charlotte, yes. On the road at Charlotte. It's KD. And we, you know, boy, we we talked about that, and rightfully so. Get all out of the way, day, Charlotte. All day long, get out of the way. And then, of course, it was Katie's home debut at Footprint Center. And we, boy, this was this was great. And the Suns are 3-0, and by the way. And they look good, and they won three games, and it's Katie. Everybody, you know, it just, uh, we're all jacked up, and rightfully so. And now we kind of feel the same way, because here it is again. There has been no normalcy this entire season. You're right. Not any. You were talking about this yesterday, too, and it really blew me away. That in a very unusual kind of way, the Phoenix Suns have faced so much adversity this year. Yeah, whether right back to the Jay Crowder situation yeah. that uh, during the beginning of the year, I, I I'm sorry, I thought that was impacting the Phoenix Suns. It, I I always think of the 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 quote from Devin Booker at the start of this year, and I'm paraphrasing, but he basically said, "We don't need to keep losing. We don't need to lose that game seven to Dallas over and over again." You know what I mean? Yes. And and I don't know how much that has impacted them this season, and maybe it ultimately ends up helping them. You know, you get into the playoffs, and and you've kind of you've you've hit the 
You've experienced the low point. There's nothing to fear in the playoffs because that was about as bad as it gets last year. Uh, but you're right. I mean, there's the Jay Crowder stuff. There's the switching owners midseason, which is obviously a you know a great thing. But that's still that's something. There was a while there we weren't even sure if they were going to be able to make trades. There was a lot of injuries that were fighting through well, yeah. as well. How many games did D book miss? Cam Johnson, and, you know, remember? Cam Johnson supposed to be the starter, and then he missed half the season. <laughs> it was yeah. It, it was. It's been a very volatile season, and guess what? What? Even acquiring KD is part of that volatility. Absolutely, That's... you lose Macal Bri- the Twins, Macal Bridges, Cam Johnson. We all love them. You know, there's been a this has been a volatile year for the Phoenix Suns. Even with the acquisition of KD, that's just added to the volatility. It it has never felt like last year when Devin Booker, when they were just winning every game. And, every, and then the questions after the game, remember he said at one point, he's like, I feel like a broken record because I'm just telling you, you know, because last year it was, all right, yes. game's close, Suns win. Yes. Game's close, the Suns are going to win the final five minutes or they're just going to blow a team out. This year it feels like every week and a half it's been like, well, it's a completely new team or things are completely changed. And tonight, hopefully, the point of all this is the start of some normalcy for this team <laughs> right before the playoffs and nothing's ever normal. Maybe they're better prepared for that this time. Here's Devin Booker yesterday talking about the process of watching Kevin Durant rehab. Uh, I mean, we've been on ro- the road most of the time, you know, so I mean, we are both going through it, you know, post-All-Star, during All-Star, you know, it's just, it's day by day, and all you want to do is hoop and Injury holding you back isn't the most fun thing, but you know it makes it better. It makes you appreciate it more when you're back. You heard the the stat Vince keeps throwing out that only two teams ever have won the title with 35 losses. No, and Suns Suns obviously have that. Okay, <laughs> it's uh, it was one of the Rockets teams, but it was it was the year they traded for Clyde Drexler mid season, okay. and then it was a, a wizard. Or I guess there were the Bullets at that point, way back in the seventies. Yeah, so it doesn't happen a lot, but this is a unique situation too. <laughs> I don't know why, but Command and Control's all fired up about that. Rick's back there going, yeah, this is the greatest thing in the world. I have no idea because why. Because the Washington Bullets want a title oh, at some d- point. Okay, yeah. that's, yeah. that's what it is. Now he's going to come there. on and talk about Denny Avdia. Okay, Wes Unsold, by the way. You yes. want to talk about a player. Okay, I'll take that all day long. Yeah. Yes, Rick. Elvin Hayes. Elvin Hayes. Elvin Hayes as well. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, that's like how my basketball fandom became a thing is because my dad went to those games like on that playoff run and you know passed that down to me and everything that's yeah, a, yeah you know, it's cool you know it was interesting too that last cut you played from Devin Booker right there Book was saying that you know we've been on the road and obviously that means you haven't been around them and I, I love that because it reminded me of whenever you were hurt as a professional athlete I, I don't know about KD I don't know where he is on this I've never heard him talk about it, but I, I in the game of football, base earnings, when you can't go out and endure the hardship that all of your brothers are, you feel like you don't even belong on the team. You feel like you're not even part of the team. Yeah. Again, I'm not trying to compare football with basketball and myself with KD. I'm not, but I just wonder. I wonder how that is. I've never asked that question of any professional athlete other than a football player because I've always known what a football player felt and how you you just felt like you weren't part of the team. It's funny you say that because you talk about the the cautious optimism or the kind of like nerves Suns fans probably have going into tonight. I mean, 
what is Kevin Durant feeling? He's he's seen it all and been through it all. But I I, I do remember his first game. Obviously, it wasn't that long ago with the Suns, where he said after the game, "Yeah, I was a little bit nervous." I, 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 what did he say? He's, I've played in thousands of these games. I yeah. was a little bit nervous tonight because I want to fit in on my new team and my new city. Yes, which I loved him for the humility. He just wanted to fit in. <laughs> Just get through the game, KD, (laughs) with your bro. Get through the game being Kevin Durant. You'll fit in just fine. (laughs) All right, uh, that's it for us. Thanks to Jesse Morrison and Lauren Koval behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.